0: You literally tell me
1: every week (laughs) you're like, oh, they're so long, we don't need a play-by-play. This week I sat down and I was like, I'm just going to try to get each scene done in like three to four sentences. And you're like, that's not detailed enough.
0: (laughs) No, you know what? I think you're doing a great job. I have a story. I was going to say a funny story. Because I think it's funny. I cried laughing when it happened. But I don't know if you'll think it is as funny. Here it is. I started watching Naruto. Have you watched that? Why are you looking at me like that? What the fuck? Why are you looking at me like that?
1: Why the fuck are you watching Naruto?
0: Because I want to watch it. Do you like Naruto?
1: No, Lauren.
0: Why not? I'm going
1: to piss some people off real quick. I think anime is fucking dumb.
0: I, I, okay, here's the thing. I haven't watched that much. But I like it. And here's the thing. Everybody talks about it and I like to be in the know. So, look, my favorite lion's the fuck player is everybody my favorite lions player is a huge naruto fan and so i was like well if jamal williams loves naruto then i love naruto so i wanted to watch it okay so i just started it and we got to season two and there's this song that starts playing there's, there's like really emotional scene and this song starts playing and it's piano music and i've heard this song before I've heard this song because Andrew can play this song on piano. No, don't laugh yet. Okay. So I look at him in shock and he goes, yeah, I can play this song. And I went, I just started dying laughing. I said, no, pause it. He pauses it. I go for five years for our entire relationship. I thought that he wrote this song.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You fucking moron.
0: I thought because he has it like saved on our piano. Like it's just like a little keyboard where you can record yourself playing. And he's played it for me before. And I swear to God, the first time that he played it for me, he told me that he wrote it. And he denies that. But the thing is that Andrew will sometimes do like that dry humor thing where he just like says a lie, like kind of flippantly. And it's like, most of the time I know it's a joke, but I think that he did this when we first started dating and I just didn't get the joke. And then like in my mind, literally every single time he played this song for the next five years, I was like, that's so amazing that he wrote that song. That is like, he's so talented. So anyway, I was dying. I was laughing so hard. I was crying. And I just think that's really funny. Because literally for five years, I was like, he's so talented. He wrote this song and it's so pretty. You, if any you, of our listeners watch Naruto and you want to know what song I'm talking about, it's in season two when Sakura and Ino have to battle Okay, but some people might care, Zane. Stop shaking your head. A lot of people watch this show.
1: (laughs) My friend Sarah, uh, I've been trying to convince her to watch Lost for a while, and she always tells me, I will when I finish Naruto. But apparently there's like a hundred seasons or something, because she's been watching that shit for three years.
0: Well, there's like three different shows. There's nine seasons of the original Naruto, and then there's like another one, another show, and then there's another show. So, yeah, it's going to be a while. <laughs> I have never seen I can't seen
1: believe such... that you fucking watched Naruto.
0: Have you ever watched Death Note?
1: Oh, God. I'm not I'm not having an anime conversation with you, Lauren. No. Start your own podcast.
0: Death Note is so good, though. That's our next podcast. No! Yes! They watch Death Note, and I'm going to lead it. That one's actually actually really good.
1: Zane gets Death Note. No. Well, welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Lauren Gets Lost. I'm Zane. And I'm Lauren. And today we're covering Season 2, Episode 4, Everybody Hates Hugo. Which, impossible. Love Hugo. Me too. What'd you think about this episode, Lauren?
0: I liked this episode. And you know what? It makes sense because it's a Hurley episode, but I found it to be very funny.
1: Oh, it's very funny.
0: I laughed a lot, and a lot of the things that I was laughing at didn't even have anything to do with Hurley. But I liked this. It was kind of a lighter episode. I mean, it also kind of wasn't. But
1: yeah, definitely slowed down in terms of plot. Not really a lot happened. It was really more of a of a character story. Uh, we did get see we did see some uh, progression with the Tailies and all them. But yeah, it was just it was a fun story. And it's always great when Hurley is the leading man.
0: Yeah, I really liked it. Do you want to hear my synopsis?
1: Yes, please.
0: Hugo is tasked with being in charge of the food, but the pressure is too much. And honestly, I get that.
1: Good work. I have got some quick bits for you.
0: I've never been more excited in my life.
1: Quick bit number one. This episode was directed by Alan Taylor who directed 35 episodes of Naruto.
0: <laughs> what?
1: <laughs> I'm just kidding.
0: <laughs> you know what? That is such a good way. I immediately just started to zone out. I was already thinking about, like, the homework I to do later. <laughs> what a good way to check that I'm paying attention.
1: No, but this episode was directed by Alan Taylor. He directed a couple episodes of House of the Dragon and Game of Thrones, as well as Mad Men. He's also directed two blockbuster movies. Uh, They were both terrible. Thor The Dark World and Terminator Genesis.
0: Mm. Have you watched Mad Men?
1: I have not, but it's on my list. So good. I just have a hard time watching John Hamm. He's a phenomenal actor. I got nothing against him. He just plays an asshole in everything he does, and he's so good at it.
0: Yeah, I mean, Don Draper is an asshole, but it's like you enjoy watching him. Mm.
1: Quick bit number two. This is the first episode of season two and one of the only episodes in the series to contain every actor that they have billed as starring. Interesting. Which is just another way of saying all the main characters were in this episode. Number three, in Hurley's dream sequence, on the milk carton, there is a missing poster for Walt.
0: I did not notice that.
1: I figured you wouldn't.
0: Hmm.
1: Quick bit number four, Daniel Day Kim's normal voice is used in the opening sequence when Jim speaks English. Bonus fact, in season four, episode 13 of Once Upon a Time, Darkness on the Edge of Town, Daniel Day voices the fast food worker when Mr. Gold, Ursula, and Corella go to Mr. Cluck's chicken.
0: I did actually know that was his real voice because I watched him in uh, Hawaii Five-0. So I did catch that one.
1: I always loved that he did Hawaii 5 after he finished Lost because he just still filmed on the same island. And instead of his name being Jin, his name was Chin.
0: Hmm. I think it's interesting that he even looks different in the dream sequence to me. Like, I feel like I didn't notice it until we see him later, like being his actual character. I was like, I, I don't, he like literally looks more American. Well, for one, he
1: was, like, smiling and, like, was aware of what was going on. He always has a look of confusion.
0: Yeah. Because he just has no
1: idea what's going on.
0: I honestly think that's it. It's just, like, when we see Jin, we see him, like, a little bit confused all the time. And he just was more, like, relaxed and, like, smiley and, like, charismatic. I wish we got that. Like, I hope that Jin relaxes eventually. Because I want to see that side of him.
1: Number five. The reveal of Bernard being a white male was deliberately kept a secret, including from L. Scott Caldwell, who plays Rose. I noticed in your notes that you did not react at all. Yeah, I did. No, I mean, to him being a white man.
0: Oh, you know what? I didn't even think about it.
1: Yeah, like nowadays, it's really not that big a deal. I don't really think it was that big a deal in 2004, but... All of the characters, I mean, like, the the Rafties, when they met Bernard, they were, like, a little shocked. So, I mean, like, I don't know if it was supposed to be shocking, but.
0: I could honestly did not even give it a single thought. Like, they were like, this is Bernard. And I said, oh, that's so sweet.
1: (laughs) Well, yeah, good for you. Good person.
0: I mean, I don't think that makes me a good person. I just think I literally didn't think about it.
1: (laughs) And lastly. Locke and Hurley argue about the pantry, and Locke insists that he must complete his task. This is ironic, as we know that Hurley owns Locke's company. So he is really his boss. Bonus fact, Hurley's employer at Mr. Cluck's Chicken is Randy Nations from Walkabout. Wait, what? Randy, Locke's asshole boss, is also Hurley's asshole boss.
0: They just used the same actor?
1: It's the same character.
0: How can he be both of their bosses?
1: It wasn't at the same time. It wasn't. No.
0: How does somebody go from being a manager at a Mister Cluck's chicken?
1: He knows the billionaire who bought the company.
0: There's no way Curly was not going to give him that job.
1: Well, he's a nice guy. It'll make sense later.
0: Okay, because I don't love it right now.
1: It'll make sense later. Not like it's not going to be like explained to you.
0: Just, just stop r- talking. Okay, it's fine. I I just don't like you right now. And that is all my quick
1: bits. But I do want to say, what?
0: I thought you were going to be like, and that's the end of the episode. You told me to stop talking.
1: I do want to point out that we were we were talking about how Nadia was one of my favorite characters, and you were like, oh, that implies that she's going to come back. And I was like, you know, there are a lot of my favorite characters that are just one offs. And you were like, what? We going to see Randy again?
0: That's funny. But I didn't even know it was him. <laughs> he looks like complete. Does he look completely different?
1: Yeah, I think his like hair is shorter.
0: Yeah, he looks younger. Well, duh. <laughs> OK, well, me over here having critical thoughts. Wow.
1: Let's dive into it, shall we?
0: We shall.
1: We start off with Hurley standing in the pantry and he just starts going to town on the food, kind of like you and the
0: applesauce.
1: <laughs> there's candy, there's chips, there's crackers, milk, pre made steak dinner, Sundays, which confused me.
0: I literally started to type, what the hell? Or I started to type, how the hell? And then it became very obvious that it was yeah. a dream. And I was like, I just delete.
1: <laughs> but he's interrupted by gin. Speaking English, or is Hurley speaking Korean? Which remember when you were like, Alto could mean stop in Korean?
0: <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> I'm not a smart person.
1: Then there's a man in a chicken costume, and then Jin says, Everything is going to change. Have it a clucky cluck cluck day, Hugo. <laughs> Which was just so fucking weird.
0: I know, but it was so funny.
1: Hurley wakes up to the alarm going off and Kate subtly shames him for falling asleep, reminds him where the numbers are, and Hurley presses the button, and then reminds him of his job, which Hurley is less than thrilled about. What ran through your brain when this stream sequence, like, played out?
0: Um, I was confused about the food and how he had, like, cold... Ice cream when they've been down there forever and, you know, shelf life and all that. And then when it became a dream, all I was thinking about was Daniel Day Kim and like, oh, it's so interesting to see him like this. And then also it was creepy because he's like, everything is going to change. Is that what they said?
1: Everything is going to change.
0: Yeah, that was kind of creepy. I liked the guy
1: in the chicken suit.
0: (laughs) Who was that? I don't know. I assumed it was somebody that Hugo worked with at... Mr. Cluck's Chicken or something like that?
1: Probably. I think it would have made more sense if it was Randy, but that might have been, like, tipping the hand too much.
0: Yeah, I mean, I just assumed. I don't know.
1: But back at the pit, Jin wants to try to climb out of the hole again, but Sawyer shoots it down. Michael finally snaps and screams for them to be let out, and when Sawyer tells him to stop it, Michael tells him that Walt is still out there, and every moment they're in there, they're wasting time.
0: No, he says, My boy! (laughs) every time now he said it and he literally said it exactly the way kate was saying it last episode and i literally typed it in my notes like that my boy
1: (laughs) love kate to death but when i watch lost with her i swear to god every time i watch it with her she finds a different thing to point out and just ruin for me (laughs)
0: I'll never be able to hear him say my boy again, because she's so right. Like he's, she does it like spot on.
1: Quick tangent. Uh One of my favorite shows growing up that you and I used to watch was Gilmore Girls. And I had like such like carved in stone opinions. I was like, love Jess. Logan's the worst for Rory. All these things. I watched it with her and she's just like, Jess kind of sucks. And I was like, no. And she like lays out her argument. I'm like, okay, well, I see your point there. And then I watch it. And I'm like, oh, Logan's kind of growing on me.
0: Don't you dare. I don't even want to hear her argument. I love Jess. I don't want to hear it.
1: You know what she told me the other day? She's in season seven now, which uh, Christopher and Lorelei are like together now. And she was like, I kind of like them together. And I was like, we are breaking up. <laughs>
0: I have no thoughts. I haven't listened. I have not watched it in a very long time, but I know I love Jess. Anyway, Sawyer
1: tells them that Ana Lucia and the rest are deciding what to do with them. And until that moment occurs, there's nothing they can do. Jin asks about his shoulder and Sawyer tells him to pee on it.
0: I just thought that was really funny because he was like, you know, speaking Korean and like miming to the shoulder. And I was like, translation, uh, that shoulder is looking nasty, bro.
1: Echo shows up and offers a rope to Jin, but Sawyer tells him not to take it. Ana Lucia tells him to climb or he will shoot Sawyer. So Jin climbs. Then she threatens again for Michael to climb, but Sawyer calls her bluff because there's only one bullet. So she throws a rock at him and Michael climbs up.
0: (laughs) That made me cackle. I laughed so hard. I love Sawyer, but he really does sometimes deserve to have a rock thrown at his head.
1: Sawyer taunts her. And she slams the lid shut and Sawyer calls her a bitch. This episode was really funny. <laughs> Not even just Hurley.
0: I know. That's what I said at the beginning and I'm always right.
1: We got our first flashback. We start off right where we started, really, when Hurley won the lottery and fainted. Started with his flashback.
0: His last mm-hmm. flashback. Mm-hmm.
1: Don't give me that look. It makes sense.
0: Yeah, I just don't like it.
1: I noticed that you at one point thought you knew the numbers.
0: Oh, yeah. So when they had to type it in and they were like, the numbers are right there. I was like, I wanted to test myself. So I wrote them in the notes. I got one number wrong. I put 24 instead of 23.
1: You should know your birthday's on the 23rd.
0: I know. And that's why I was like, wow, that's even the one number that I've referenced before. And then I did you see what I caught? I caught a number. You did. They said it had been 16 weeks since somebody had won the lottery.
1: You know, this is the second time that that line has been used in the show.
0: Okay, well, I caught it this time. Shut up.
1: (laughs) Well, Carmen comes running in and slaps Harley to wake him up. (laughs) And she's concerned about his heart and asks what's wrong. And Hugo lies, saying it must have been something that he ate. Carmen begins to lecture him about his lifestyle, saying he needs to make a change. And Hurley says that he likes his life. Then the phone rings and Carmen leaves, but Hurley stares at his ticket.
0: I love Carmen. That was so funny.
1: Why do you think he didn't tell her about the ticket? Like, I understand later with everybody else, but like his mom.
0: Probably like didn't feel real yet. Like, if that were me in that situation, I would be like, This can't possibly be right. Like, I've messed something up. Like, I'd be waiting until I have turned in the ticket and they have been like, yes, you will be receiving this money because. I just wouldn't trust it.
1: If I ever won the lottery, the first thing I would do is. Empty the DVD player and the VCR tape, just to make sure that no one's fucking with me.
0: Oh, I get it.
1: (laughs) Back on the island. Charlie asks Hurley what is in the hatch, and Hurley lies, saying that there's nothing in there, but Charlie calls him out. Hurley explains it's basically a bunker and still tries to lie, and then Charlie guilts him for lying, and Hurley says that he would never lie. Charlie accuses him of lying about his money, and when Hurley corrects the figure that Charlie used, Charlie storms off while trying to make clever jokes, but he's really just coming off as an ass. Recently, at the time of recording, we released a video using that Uh, trend of the girl singing umbrella and we had her not singing when Charlie came on. And these were, this was just my opinion. Uh, Lauren's opinion is a little different, but we took some flack in that video because of our ranking of Charlie. And I had to make another video responding to it. Uh, I stand by everything that I said about Charlie being the worst. And this episode really just proves it. Charlie is douche of the week.
0: I'm thinking if I have a different douche of the week, because for some reason, I feel like I did. Yeah, I do have another douche of the week. I'll get to it later.
1: Okay. No. Is it, is it lock?
0: No, it's subtle, but we'll get to it's,
1: it. It was subtle douche. Well, whatever. I make the spreadsheet. Try this douche of the week.
0: Rude ass bitch. We actually Your don't douche. have a
1: spreadsheet for douche of the week, now that I think about it.
0: Yeah, because we don't always do it, but yeah. this week. You're a douchey to be.
1: Remember the new segment that we've done all of three times, MVP of the episode?
0: <laughs> well, yeah, like if somebody stands out as MVP, then they get to be MVP. But, you know, sometimes or all the time, that doesn't <laughs> happen.
1: Hurley finds Rose doing the laundry and he asks if she wants to know about the hatch. And she says no, because it will not help get the laundry done. Hurley tells her that that's not true. And then he takes her to the swan's back door and takes her down. Then Rose asks what all this is for. But before he can answer, Jack asks who else Hurley told. Hurley says that he didn't tell anyone. He just needs help. And then Hurley vouches for her, saying that she's cool. She won't tell anyone. And Rose says, not even sure what I would say.
0: I was really upset that they didn't bring the laundry with them. Like, oh, this is going to help with the laundry. But you are going to have to hike a half mile back to get it.
1: <laughs> oh, I think he brought her with the mentality of, like, we're going to go straight to the inventory.
0: Yeah, I guess. But, but she like, been
1: you could have been doing the laundry. Yeah,
0: exactly. Laundry is something you do while you do other things.
1: Yeah. And if then you, you forget about. Just behind me, I've got a pile of laundry that I need to fold. And I will not do it.
0: <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, you forget about it for, like, you know, one time. I didn't fold laundry for like a month and I literally just kept dumping all the laundry in the front bedroom that we don't use. And then when Andrew would be like, Hey, where's my tiger's shirt? I'd be like, Oh, it's in the walk-in closet, which meant that it was in that front bedroom dumped on that couch.
1: It's either you don't fold your laundry and it's just in a big pile or you fold it and it doesn't make it off the chair that you put it on. And it just stays there.
0: Yeah, eventually I did fold all the laundry in that room and then it stayed in the room for another week because we didn't put it away.
1: Washing cycle, maybe like 30 minutes. Drying can take up to an hour. Folding, 7 to 10 business days.
0: (laughs) Wow. Did you just come up with that right now? You haven't seen that as a meme on the Internet 50,000 times?
1: No, I'm original.
0: Yeah, I can tell.
1: I also just love Rose's mentality on the island she's just like, I don't really care about the hatch. I got laundry to do. Yeah. Charlie should be more like that.
0: Charlie should just be more like anything else.
1: Claire takes a stroll down the beach and finds the messages in the bottle have washed up on shore. Now you called this.
0: Well, unfortunately, I didn't want it to be the people on the beach that find it. Did I say that? Did I say it was gonna wash back up on the beach?
1: You you were like, oh, it'd be really cool if like the this the last shot in season one was if like the bottle washed up back on the beach or something like that.
0: Okay. I remember saying that I wish that we got like a shot. This was before I knew that the raft like was gonna fail, even though I like knew it was gonna fail. But I was like, oh, it would be so cool to see the bottle wash up like randomly and like some random person find it. But this is not that
1: when you said that I was going off of your whole like, oh, the RAF is going to crash thing. So I just thought you assumed it would go back to the island.
0: Oh, no. I was thinking like that maybe they take a little longer to crash and then maybe the bottle would like get into a different. You know, situation and then it like go to New Zealand or something.
1: Or goes to Antarctica and the penguins find it. Yeah. What was your reaction when you saw Claire find the bottle?
0: Uh, I was sad because I was like, oh, well, now, like, they know. I mean, I was not as sad as when they showed it to Sun. We'll get there. But I was just like, oh, well, now they know it failed, but they don't even know. Like, they probably just going to think they're all dead.
1: Yeah. Jack takes Hurley and Rose the food inventory. Hurley says he knows his job is to inventory it all and find a way to make it last. But Jack tells him not to let anyone have anything. No exceptions. It's his responsibility. Then the button starts going off and Rose asks about it. And Hurley says, you don't even want to know. Later, they inventory Ranch and the Apollo bars and Rose talks about Bernard having a sweet tooth. Hugo asks if that was her husband, but she corrects his past tense. And when he tries to apologize, she says, don't feel bad. I know Bernard is fine. Turns out she wasn't crazy.
0: You know what I was thinking about? Her just like gut sense that he's fine. I don't think I would have that. Because if Andrew's like a little bit late coming home, I'm like, he's dead. I know it. (laughs) Every time. So my gut would be like, he's definitely dead. And then it would be like, he's at work. No, he's dead.
1: Story time. Kate stayed over at my apartment one time and... I don't live in the greatest area. So when she had to leave early in the morning, I walked her out. But I also walked the dog and like let him out, fed him, all that stuff. And then I went back to bed. That was around like nine in the morning. And then I woke up to like seven missed calls and like ten texts from Kate and one from her mom that basically was just like, are you dead? We're about to call a wellness check. And I, it was like two in the afternoon. I had just like slept so much. And I called her. I was like, I'm fine. She's like, I thought you were dead. And she was like, I seriously thought you were dead. I was, I was crying. And I was like, I, I just slept, Kate. And she's like, are you depressed? And I'm just like, I mean, no more than usual. She's like, I'm worried. Depressed people or happy people don't sleep until two in the afternoon. I was like, you did last
0: week. That is concerning. That's a lot of sleep. And I sleep a lot. We stayed
1: up until like two or three in the morning watching Love Island. So like,
0: I'll allow it. But also, you didn't hear your phone ringing?
1: No, I had it on vibrate.
0: I feel like that would have woken me up.
1: I've got several bosses that would be not surprised by me sleeping through an alarm.
0: Well, I do sleep through alarms, but it's because they become part of my dream and I turn them off while I sleep. (laughs)
1: <laughs> hurley tells rose that everyone is going to hate him but rose says that that is not true he's the only person on the island that everybody loves including the monster i'm just kidding hurley says that that will all change and then immediately kate comes in and takes a bottle of shampoo despite hurley pleading not to
0: where's my fucking taboo buzzer what? <laughs> so annoying i mean i probably would also steal shampoo yeah, but it's I mean, annoying you, because it's her.
1: You could easily say that, like Desmond opened a fresh bottle like shortly before he left.
0: Yeah, why is there no shampoo in the shower?
1: He probably just like used the last of it and didn't get a new one yet. Do you immediately grab a fresh shampoo bottle when you've used the last of it, Lauren? Or do you get in the shower, get naked and wet, and think to yourself, "Fuck, I need shampoo," and then you got to like like quickly run out and then run back in. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I have never, like, successfully put the new bottle in the shower when I need it. But also, I don't throw away the old bottle. So there will just be, like... (laughs) But you know what I'll do sometimes? If I'm like, okay, I know this bottle is going to stay in here forever. I'll just chuck it out. I'll just chuck it onto the floor. Because there's, like, way better chance for me to put that bottle in the trash if it's just in the middle of my bathroom than if it's in the shower. Because... I have like that fun little part of my self-diagnosed ADHD. It's like the object permanence thing. It's not that. But you know what I mean? It's like out of sight, out of mind. As soon as I close that shower curtain, I will never think about that shampoo bottle until I take another shower. Never once will it cross my mind.
1: Kate, in an effort to point out my flaws, sends me pictures of the Diet Dr. Pepper cans that I leave laying around. And I'm just like, Kate, hey, the second it's not in my hand, I have forgotten that that can even existed.
0: That literally happened to me yesterday. Andrew goes, how many Diet Dr. Peppers did you have today? And I said, one. And he goes, there's four cans over here. I said, those aren't even my ones from today. And my one for today is in my car. <laughs> it's like He was like, this is a problem. I'm like, I know that, but like...
1: You know what's funny? The In my brain... Dr. Pepper, if you drink it, it's a little trashy. But if you drink Diet Dr. Pepper, it's okay.
0: What? I don't know. But you know what? Honestly, to me, Diet Coke, a little trashy. (laughs) I don't know why. Like, or Coke, just straight Coke. I'm like, oh, that's a lot of sugar. Meanwhile, I'm like, ooh, cancer. (laughs) Every single day.
1: Well, Kate takes the bottle Hurley is not happy and Rose says it's just one bottle but then Hurley says this is how it starts were you able to like put together where this flashback storyline was going pretty early on
0: yeah absolutely
1: what was what were you thinking when something like this was happening or maybe specifically this scene I guess I don't know why I I ordered it that way
0: I just felt bad for him because it just gives you a glimpse of what he experienced when he got all that money like I think that Hurley's just such, like, a happy-go-lucky person, and, like, you can tell he had all these friends that just, like, loved him for who he is. And then, obviously, the money changed everything.
1: In the next flashback, Hurley still has his ticket when he's at work at Mr. Cluck's, and his friend Johnny asks if he's okay before Randy calls him in to chew him out for stealing chicken and napkins.
0: One, even though I know that he gets the money... Every time they showed him with that lottery ticket, I was like you're gonna lose it. Stop messing with it. Stop bringing it to work with you. Like you're gonna lose it. I was I was really stressing me out. And two, who doesn't eat the food at the food place that they work? Do You know how many McDonald's chicken nuggets I ate? Zero. Don't come for me.
1: This scene way too relatable. I was fucking snacking when you work the drive-through line and you got all that soda. Oh my oh god. My
0: god. I, at one point in high school, I told the doctor, I said, sometimes it feels like my heart is like going to explode. And I was like, it it races like really, really fast and I can feel it in my body. And he was like, do you drink a lot of caffeine? I'm like, yes, because I would work eight hour shifts and literally just be like, keep filling up my pop the whole time. He's like, you got to stop.
1: Also. The amount of times I got yelled at for putting too many napkins in the bag. it just this episode was too relatable.
0: What was your favorite snack to steal while working at McDonald's? Like not eat after, but like on the clock chow down.
1: Nuggets were just really easy.
0: You know what's so funny? I would eat nuggets straight from the tray, like the fresh nuggets. I'd take them and I would squirt the Chipotle barbecue that we had at mm-hmm. the time right on the nugget. But if you were to offer me chicken nuggets right now for McDonald's, no. Literally, they only tasted good to me if I was eating them on the clock. I wouldn't order them on my breaks. I wouldn't order them after. I wouldn't order them now. They only were good when I was stealing them on the clock. The other thing I like to do was just obviously take fries right out of the basket. Mm -hmm. And then if like someone's drink order got messed up and we had to remake it, Oops, now I have a caramel frappe.
1: Well, I don't like coffee, so I never really got to reap the benefits of any screw-up McCafe's, which there were a lot of. But I don't know if you had them. Mozzarella sticks were available when I worked at McDonald's, so those were getting stolen pretty quickly. But they were a bitch to make, and they uh, sold really quickly. So you had to, like, choose your moment.
0: No, we didn't have those, but you know what? The other thing was that when you were taking the chocolate chip cookies out of the oven and putting them Mm -hmm. in the bags to be sold, if they broke, we got to eat them. So sometimes, oops, it broke. (laughs) Got to eat it.
1: Before we move on, not related at all to stealing food from McDonald's. Can we fucking bring back the snack wraps? Why is it taking so long?
0: Oh my God. But you know what? Only the Chipotle snack wrap. And that was actually my go-to lunch order when I was on break but I would always have to yell at the people on the line because I would hit no cheese, but it's on there as shredded cheese and shredded lettuce. So every single time I would get a snack wrap with no lettuce because that's what everybody else ordered. Nobody wanted, oh, don't put anything else on my snack wrap. But anyway, that's just something that still bothers me to this no, day.
1: Bring back the... the- Bacon snack wrap with a little ranch on it, you know, bring them all back, first of all. But let's let's not do the whole let's bring one back because, you know, everybody should be included.
0: I know everybody liked the ranch one. I like the Chipotle. Little Chipotle ranch. Okay, one more story about when I worked at McDonald's. I'm so sorry. But, you know, they used to have the chicken selects and that's what they would put on the snack wraps for a time until they got rid of them. And then when they got rid of them, that's when I worked there. And one time, this family comes through and it's this dad, and he goes, Can I get the three piece chicken select meal? And I said, I'm sorry, we no longer have the chicken selects. And from the back seat, I heard the blood curdling scream of his daughter. And I was like, Same girl. And now I'm done talking about McDonald's. If you want to hear us talk about McDonald's more, let us know because I have so many yeah, stories.
1: We would easily do like some bonus content or maybe even like a spinoff podcast someday. Our aunt tells us all the time. She loves us talking about our McDonald's stories. We have given our mom trauma when it comes to ordering in a drive-thru because we'll judge her. We're we'll like, you didn't do it right.
0: <laughs> it's true. There is a way to order in a drive-thru. And if you want to know, ask us. I'll give personal lessons. $5 a person.
1: So Randy is chewing Hurley out and says, if he's made of money, why don't you just quit? And Hurley does that. And then Johnny comes out to make sure if Hurley's okay and reveals that he also quit. And they're going to spend the day together goofing off. What was your first impression of Johnny?
0: He seemed like a fun guy. Uh, A good friend to Hurley. A little irresponsible to quit your job like that.
1: Yeah, well. I can understand, though, if like if at the end of the episode, when they're talking about finding another job, he's like, oh, we could try here. We could try there. It doesn't seem like it's going to be really that hard for them. But if the only reason you like your job is because of your friend, like, you know, we've worked at those places. They're fucking miserable. But having certain people around you makes it a little easier. I can see where it's like, oh, I'm not fucking working here if he's not here.
0: Yeah, I agree. Also,
1: that kind of loyalty really just makes the, re- the ending of the episode a lot harder to swallow. Yeah. Back on the island, Locke finds fruit in the jungle and calls out Charlie for following him, pointing out all the times that he saw him. Locke asks why he is following him, and Charlie says he's tired of being treated like a kid. He cites that he rescued Aaron, leaving out the fact that Saeed did most of the work. Yeah. And says that he would have gone to the Black Rock if he was asked. He says he feels entitled to answers, and Locke asks what he wants to know. And I feel like entitled is the right word for Charlie to use because he acts like an entitled little prick.
0: Tell us <laughs> how you really feel, Zane. I just, you know,
1: I want to, like, go back in time and slap six-year-old Zane for liking Charlie because he just isn't likable.
0: I also want to go back in time and slap six-year-old Zane, but just because.
1: You have slapped six-year-old Zane. I don't want to hear it. <laughs>
0: Again, I want to slap him again.
1: You want to slap a six-year-old?
0: No, I want to be... <laughs> Wait, hold on. Uh, No. No, I never said that.
1: Jack checks in with Saeed, who tells him that the concrete wall is at least eight feet thick, and then Jack shows him the magnetic pull that the wall has on the key.
0: I think everybody knows what time it is. It was early. (laughs) It's time for Hottie of the Week. I'm sorry, but when my man Saeed is just whacking at that wall with some giant, obscure metal object.
1: It was titanium?
0: Yeah. Just not magnetic. Covered in that sheen of sweat. We got our Hottie of the Week. Kate was
1: literally in a towel.
0: She tried. She tried hard.
1: She was trying. You could tell. She's like, I'm going to get this shampoo. I'm going to get naked. I'm going to win me fucking hottie of the week for once.
0: she got like the tiniest little towel. Barely doing the job. Fail.
1: Said says that it's interesting that the key is pulled to the wall. And then he says that they should try to go under the wall through the crawl space. I would not volunteer for that.
0: Nope. Can't do it. Absolutely not. You want me when to go further underground? The uh, the crawl space in our basement growing up. When we first moved into that house, I was terrified of the basement and more specifically the crawl space. And I was convinced that an old man lived in there, but like a tiny old man. And his name was Edmund. I named him. I can literally see him in my mind. He's like a bald tiny little like man the hunchback but his head is a little bit too big for his body and he's very pale because he's never seen sunlight
1: right but it's also not pale because he's just covered in dirt
0: no he he tries his best he keeps himself you know whenever the the
1: same basement
0: (laughs) whenever the basement would flood he would go take a bath in the shallow flood water (laughs)
1: When Halo 4 came out, I wanted mom to buy it for me. So I was like, I'll clean the basement, which just consisted of sweeping all the pieces of the wall that broke off because our house was a thousand years old into one pile. (laughs) And we're like, clean.
0: Uh, One time I was convinced I was going to throw a party down in that basement. The basement where you couldn't even like stand up all the way in some parts. I did not throw a party.
1: We did not. Remember when we like had all those plans to like, Put a bunch of like fun stuff in the yard, in the basement. We were like, oh, we'll put the basketball court here. And we had, I don't know where these ideas were coming from.
0: Yeah. These two, the two of us that like never played outside after a certain age.
1: We did not have that much money either.
0: Yeah. Who did we think was going to pay for all of that? I
1: don't know. Also, any, the idea of just filling our yard with like a bunch of fun stuff. We had a fucking pipeline come through every other year.
0: Yeah, that's a story for another time.
1: With the tailies, Echo offers Sawyer the rope, and Sawyer refuses until he sees his friends. Michael comments on them being friends, which really just... It bothers me that Michael said that. It's very subtle, but could have been a contender for Douche of the Week, but he's like, oh, we're friends now? Motherfucker, he pulled you out of the ocean!
0: I mean... Yeah, not Douche of the Week. Michael and Sawyer, I would not call them friends.
1: I don't know. After that moment where they like, Michael was like, oh, it is my fault. I thought that was like a nice little like touching close moment. And they've like been through a lot together at this point. It's weird for Michael to be like, oh, we're friends.
0: I feel like it's rude to say it's an unnecessary comment, but like, I don't think that they're friends.
1: They pull Sawyer up and Michael tells him that they all talked it out. And the Taylors believe that they are also survivors. Sawyer says that they can sue Oceanic together. I liked that line. Then Anna Lucia notices a rock that Sawyer is holding and punches him because he planned on throwing it at her. And Anna tells him that if he doesn't listen to every word that she says, he goes back in the hole before telling everyone to move out. And Sawyer tells her that if she hits him again, he will kill her. Sexual tension, am I right?
0: I did not get sexual tension from that, no.
1: As they begin to leave, Sawyer is clearly struggling. Well, it's an untreated wound. <laughs> you haven't really commented on the, the big guy with them.
0: He's cool. <laughs> I don't really have comments on him. I Just mean, there. Yeah, he can swing a stick like a mofo. <laughs> he beat the shit out of them when they <laughs> got on the island.
1: Locke finishes telling Charlie the story of Desmond and the button. And Charlie says that it sounds insane. And then asks what happens if they don't press the button. Locke says they'll never find out he's putting together two-person shifts every six hours. And then he tells them about the record player. Finally, Charlie asks what Hurley has been up to, and Locke tells him that he's in charge of the food. So Charlie approaches Hurley, telling him he knows about the food, and catches Hurley in another lie. Hurley tries to explain that he doesn't even want to do it, but Charlie immediately asks for peanut butter for Claire. Hurley tells him there is peanut butter, but he cannot give it to him. And Charlie just starts guilt tripping him, calls him the man, and says he thought they were friends and that he's changed. And I cannot stress this enough. Fuck Charlie.
0: Yeah, I agree. <laughs> Why? Why? <laughs>
1: To all you Charlie fans out there, please direct your the reasons why you actually like him. And please don't say it's because he's funny, because there are other funny people. But direct your reasons why you love him to any of the DMs on any of our social medias. You can find them in the link in the description. But I will quickly tell you 100 reasons why he sucks.
0: Right now, you're going to do that? Or no, I, I'll... Oh, I, in response? In res-
1: response. I need more oh, time.
0: I was like, we don't have time for that. <laughs> like, I, 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 I have things to do. I have homework. I...
1: Just, We all have that one friend where we would never hear from them unless they needed something. And Charlie is that one friend.
0: Yeah, I I, Charlie has a lot of growing to do still. In the next flashback, Hurley and Johnny
1: sing Dry Shaft's only song and says they're more like Suck Shaft.
0: They were definitely singing. You are everybody.
1: They also got the rest of the lyrics wrong. (laughs)
0: I understand that, but I feel like they should have gotten that part right. (laughs) I feel like it's a little just like play on the fact that like, who the fuck knows these lyrics?
1: (laughs) They go up to the counter and talk to a girl named Starla, who Hurley is crushing on. They tell her that they quit. And then he asks her to go to a concert with him. She pulls the old, I can't go this day, but I can go that day move. And accepts the offer. I'm a sucker for that. I don't know why. It's like, oh, I'm going to break your heart. But actually, I do like you. Let's go.
0: I didn't know that was like a common thing.
1: Oh, it happens on Naruto all the time.
0: Stop. <laughs> I don't know what. why you're so heated about me watching Naruto.
1: I don't know why either. <laughs> it's
0: a good show.
1: I'm sure. Okay. Johnny asks what's gotten into Hurley. And Hurley says that he only wanted to ask her out before... But doesn't say anything about the money. In the words of Kate, Hurley's got riz.
0: (laughs) I am too old for that.
1: I thought this was a nice little cute moment.
0: Yeah, it was nice. But you know what I'd like to say? Yet another example. Why don't people ask follow-up questions? Before. Before what?
1: He did. (laughs) He literally said before what? And he said nothing. (laughs)
0: I don't remember that. Maybe you should have put that in your notes. You literally tell me
1: (laughs) every week. You're like, oh, they're so long. We don't need a play-by-play. This week I sat down and I was like, I'm just going to try to get each scene done in like three to four sentences. And you're like, that's not detailed enough.
0: (laughs) No, you know what? I think you're doing a great job. I've only noticed one time where I thought you put too much detail in the scene that's on me bro sorry sorry <laughs> i thought that you didn't ask but i feel like i'll defend myself on that later
1: Said and jack are underneath the hatch and are following the wall and they find that it's just a stick underneath Said points out a potential power source there's some hot pipes and they cannot get around the wall Jack asks what Saeed thinks of all of this, and Saeed simply says that the last time he heard of concrete being used to this extent was Chernobyl. Did you watch that HBO Max series?
0: I thought it was called, like, Chernobyl. Chin. Chin. How do you spell it? Because I think you're saying it wrong. It's
1: Chernobyl, not Chernobyl.
0: Okay, but, like, you said Chernobyl.
1: Okay, yeah. (laughs) I was closer than Chernobyl.
0: no, I wouldn't actually, I'm like saying it kind of almost more like phonetically, because I can see it in my head, like the way that it's supposed to be spelled. But then I was like, am I wrong? No, I did not watch that. And honestly, I don't know shit about it. I could not tell you a single thing.
1: Basically, Nothing. extent of it is radiation, leak, concrete, everything. Russian government got a lot of people killed. Got it. Now that we've seen a little bit more and Said has completed his investigation, do you have any developing theories about the hatch or are we still where we were last time?
0: Giant magnet. No, I got nothing.
1: I'm going to try to remember to do this uh, the more the hatch storyline develops. But I'm going to check in with you every now and then. Do you think the button is real?
0: Uh, for right now, I'm just going to say yes. I think I said no last time. You did. I think in the end, it's going to be no, but right now it's yes.
1: You think in the end, it's not real, or you think in the end, you will not think it's real? Both. So, it's
0: right just now- because <laughs> It's just because right now, I don't have any evidence that it's not real. So I'm going to go with yes, but I'm waiting for the evidence because I think it's going to be not real. But I like to have evidence before I say things.
1: They're interrupted by a loud noise. And when Jack investigates, he finds Kate and the tiniest towel in the world getting out of the shower. She says that she had to see if it worked. And he asked how it was. She said it sucked, but he could use a shower. And Jack is just checking her out the entire time. And same.
0: Okay, gross. Um, I think.
1: You do realize we have an entire segment where you just like talk about how hot Saeed and Sawyer are. But the one time I want to talk about Kate being hot, it's gross.
0: Yes. Uh, Anyway, here's the thing. Do I ship it? No. Is it nice for them to actually give us a reason to ship it? Yeah. I mean, that was genuine tension. Genuine flirty banter. Just, it was like, it was fine. And if I liked Jack, I think I would have liked that. His like little smile when he just like couldn't stop looking. It was good. Could have won hottie in the week if Saeed didn't exist.
1: So you're still hating on Jack. I know last week was really rough, but I feel like this episode, he was fine.
0: He was fine, but he didn't really do anything redeeming. Like, okay, he might have done one thing, but it wasn't enough for his fucking hissy fit that he threw last week. <laughs> but okay, tension, I understand. I see it now. But you know what? I'm sorry. There's always going to be tension between somebody getting out of the shower and somebody who hasn't gotten laid in a really long time. Two hot people in a steamy room. Tension. <laughs>
1: The tailies march back to the camp that they have, and we meet a character named Libby. She asks Michael how many of the fuselage camp are left, and we learn there's still about 40. And he asks how many of them survived the tail section crash. She says 23, which is a number.
0: I fucking missed it. I was going to pay attention this time. Darn.
1: Echo asks if Sawyer is okay, and Sawyer comments that he shouldn't care. Echo apologizes for hitting him, saying it was a mistake. Sawyer says, A mistake is bringing me iced tea when I ask for lemonade. Which, again, I like that he's, like, infected shoulder, exhausted, marching through the jungle. Still has time for one-liners. Yeah. Ana Lucia tells him to shut up, and then reveals a mysterious door in the bushes. Does a secret knock, and then Bernard opens it. They go inside, and we see two things. One... There are only five of the tailies left. Two, this bunker has a Dharma symbol on it with an arrow in the middle instead of a swan.
0: That was interesting because I had said, oh, there's probably only one on this island. And so now I'm wrong again. But this one is like way more like primitive. Like there's nothing going on as far as I can tell. seems like a room, really. Yeah. So that's interesting.
1: Michael asks... Libby, I thought you said there were 23. And she said, there were.
0: So that, my mind immediately went to sickness, question mark. But, I mean, they didn't say anything about sickness or anything. So, like, I mean, the front of the plane people, they've had their share of accidents. Like, a couple, three people have died. But that's a lot of people to die. So... Like, my guess right now would be sickness or the others, but, I mean, they've got all, like, they're, like, being quiet and they're, like, really way, way, way more. This is what I said last week. Like, they're way less trusting and, like, really intense. So, like I said, I think they've been through some shit. So maybe the others have just been murdering them.
1: Yeah, there is a number of things it could be. Like, we know the others are on the island. There is the sickness, The monster could have maybe been visiting them. Polar bears. I think it's funny that you said the front of the plane people have had their accidents. They're all dead. (laughs) Our people are the middle of the plane.
0: Oh, my God. Whatever.
1: (laughs) I know. I just thought it was funny. You're like, yeah, they've had their share of accidents. I was like, yeah, the impact.
0: (laughs) So what? The plane broke into three pieces?
1: Yes.
0: (laughs) Why did I not know that?
1: If you remember, the pilot episode was all about going to the cockpit. We have a major argument about people who could say fuselage know what a fuselage is. The cockpit is just gone.
0: Okay, I still don't know what a fuselage is. It's the middle section. I didn't know that. I did not know that until right now. Okay, look, just shut up. (laughs) I am here to be funny and to just like... Entertain people. I'm not here to know things about (laughs) Blades or about the plot or about anything you've ever said to me in the past.
1: How to spell or say words.
0: Shut up. That's not my forte.
1: We get a little girl talk when Claire and Shannon approach Sun in the garden, revealing the bottle from the raft. Also, one of the quick bits was that everybody was in this episode. Shannon was just there. I don't think she had a
0: line. Okay, here's what I have to say about Shannon. This is the thought I was going to say earlier, but I saved it. So, Claire brings Shannon in on this bottle fiasco, and then they go to Sun. If I'm Shannon, she had that experience where she thought she saw Walt, and she thought she saw him wet. I would be so much more freaked out now. Because now she knows there was trouble on the raft. In the very least, the bottle fell off. Oopsie daisy. But probably, they wrecked. And if I had this crazy experience where I thought I saw Walt in the jungle again, soaking wet, I'd be so freaked out. And she's chill. Cool as a cucumber. Easy breezy.
1: More on that later.
0: Mm, Interesting.
1: Claire says that they thought she should decide what to do with the bottle. Do you agree with this thought process?
0: No, I don't like, I think it makes sense to tell her first because she's the one that's going to be the most like emotionally affected, but everybody else thinks that this raft is like bringing their rescue. They need to know.
1: Yeah. While he sorts the guns in the hatch, Hurley asked Locke why he told Charlie about the food. He tells Locke that all of it is going to change, and they never should have come down here in the first place. Locke tells him that change is good. Wholeheartedly disagree. I've never liked change, ever.
0: I agree. Hurley
1: says he will be the bad guy for denying food, and tries to quit, but Locke tells him they all have jobs to do. Hurley is in charge of food, and Locke is in charge of getting people to push a button without understanding why or what for. Hurley says... He doesn't want to do this, but Locke says he's had a bunch of jobs that he didn't want to do, but he still did them. And then he tells Hurley he cannot quit. I've got a couple questions for you here. One, why is Locke not telling people why and what for? They have a fucking movie that explains it.
0: Mm, I think Locke just like, maybe after trying to deal with Jack and like his extreme pushback, he's just like, I don't want to have to deal with that over and over again. I'm just going to like the people that will do it will take the shift and the people that won't, won't.
1: I feel like you could do that with the movie, though. Law of that, there's 40 of them. Enough of them would be like,
0: eh, just in case it's real. I think it might cause a panic. And also that movie seemed really, really like old. And it almost feels like if they keep watching it over and over, they're just going to ruin it.
1: Fair enough. How do you think Jack would have handled this conversation if he would have gone to him instead of Locke?
0: Mm, I think it would have been similar. Like, Jack would have just been like, whatever, Hurley, that's your job. Like, figure it out. If you don't want to do it, get someone else to do it. Like, I got too many things to deal with, Hurley. That's what Jack would have been like.
1: Why do you think they put Hurley in charge of the food in the first place? For the plot. Well, Hurley takes this conversation and goes to where they keep the spare dynamite and carefully pulls it out. He somehow gets that from the jungle to the hash without blowing up. And every time anyone interacts with that dynamite, I just think, why was it so easy for Arts to die?
0: I don't like this. I I feel like this was extreme. He could have just not done it. He could have just been like, you can't make me. I'm not going to do it. Why are you... Why? Why would you blow up food? At least fucking chow down first. Or just, like,
1: tell everybody on the beach, like, if you want food, go fend for yourself in the hatch.
0: I would tell Jack, listen, I'm not going to do it. And if you insist on me doing it, I'm going to let it be a free-for-all, which is, like, obviously what happens. But, like, I'm sorry. that The dynamite plan... That's like, okay, I, I maybe kind of am getting a glimpse into why he might have been institutionalized, maybe?
1: Maybe. I, I feel like he just has some trauma and he just, like, went to an extreme. Okay, but, but
0: that's, that's like, extreme. Yeah. If you can't handle, like, this job, so you're going to blow up everyone's food? That's, like... That's really, really extreme.
1: The next scenes are, are like a flashback and Island Experience, and they kind of spliced over top of each other. It's going to be hard for me to explain, so I'm just going to describe the flashback first, and then we're going to describe the island scene. But in the flashback, Johnny and Hurley steal a bunch of garden gnomes to spell out cluck you, which, joke of the week. So fucking funny. Okay. Randy catches them, and they run off. And Johnny says that today was fun, but tomorrow they got to find another place to work. And Hurley tells him to promise that no matter what happens, they do not change. Johnny thinks that he might be getting that stomach stapling surgery thing, is how he puts it. And Hurley denies it and again asks him to promise. Johnny says that he will drink to it. So they go to a gas station. And when they pull in, they see a film crew interviewing one of the attendants. Hurley tries to get them to leave. But Johnny wants to see if somebody got shot. <laughs> Hurley pulls out his ticket and Johnny tells him that somebody won the lottery. The gas station attendant points out Hurley and the news team rushes to him, try and ask questions. Pictures are being taken. And Johnny has the face of a betrayed man, which is really weird because I don't think Hurley did anything.
0: And that's why he's douche of the week.
1: Yeah, I feel like that is a very strong contender. Charlie literally had 3 to 4 different scenes of being an asshole so I gave it to him but fair enough.
0: Yeah, but the thing is it's like we already know that that's Charlie. The thing about douche of the week is that it has to be like oh, douche. <laughs> and that's and that's what this was. Like the only thing cuz I sat there and I tried to argue it from his friend's side. The only thing that I could see him being mad about is he's like well I quit because you quit, but you quit because you're going to be like a millionaire. And now I am out of job, but like, he didn't ask you to quit. He didn't even tell you he was quitting. Like all he did was quit his job and you followed. That was your decision. What? I'm sorry. No, douche of the week. Like the immediate look of like, I'm so mad at you. That's not a friend. That's a bad friend. Also, what an idiot. Congrats, buddy. I'm so glad you're a millionaire.
1: Well, I mean, we know that that's ultimately where it goes, because in the next scene, when Rose catches Hurley about to blow it up, she asks, I deserve to know why. And he explains, using food as an analogy, that he has everything and people are going to start coming to him asking and then they're going to start comparing themselves to each other. How come this person got that much and I only got this much? And then eventually they're all going to be mad at Hurley, which is I believe, which probably what happened with his friend and other people in his life.
0: Yeah, probably. And that also makes his friend a douche. Yes. I just can't imagine like immediately being mad at somebody because they won the lottery. I think it's like a you didn't tell me type of situation, but like, dude, chill out.
1: Yeah it really makes me hate Charlie more because honestly, Charlie and Johnny are very similar in, in some aspects and like the way that they like goof off with Hurley and things like that. So for Charlie to have that whole, like, Oh, you've turned into the man management. Like I thought we were friends. You've changed. He's probably just like, this is exactly what I went through with Johnny and it's happening all over again. And that might be like what drove him to want to blow the food up. I'm I'm not saying it's like, a well thought out plan or even a good plan, but I could see how he got there because he he probably went through a lot of it. You also got to keep in mind the curse was another factor. So ultimately what I'm saying is Charlie is the root of all evil. Okay. Rose eventually hugs Hurley to like get him off the ledge. And then later Hurley tells Jack the inventory is done. There's enough food for one person for three months. It's not going to work with the amount of people they have. And he tells Jack that he's in charge of the food and this is the plan. And Jack agrees. You could argue that that was redeeming.
0: That's what I said. I said he does one thing.
1: Oh, I thought flirting with Kate was that one thing. No. So then we get a little montage of everybody eating on the beach. Hurley gives Charlie a jar of peanut butter. (laughs) As he passes out food to everyone else. Shannon feeds Vincent, which is just adorable.
0: I was sitting there watching, and I was like, she better give him a little snack. And then she did. I was like, okay, good job.
1: Jack and Kate eat by the fire. Aaron is happy. Locke looks happy. Charlie gives Claire the peanut butter, which she just loves. And she takes a big scoop. I thought she was allergic. And everybody is happy and fed. And thanks, Hurley. And Charlie gives Hurley a big hug. And now that his rich friend is giving him things again because he's an entitled little bastard. And down the beach away, Sun buries the bottle.
0: I love Sun. But that was not the right decision.
1: Absolutely not. Before we get into that, who is pushing the button right now? Because it looks like everybody's on the beach.
0: That's a great point. Where's Scott?
1: Lauren, he's dead.
0: Oh, Steve, where's Steve?
1: Maybe they should just kill Steve off to make it easier for you.
0: Did we see Steve? Do we even know what Steve looks like? I think he was wears he, a blue shirt. Was he one of the randos patting Hurley on the back? Like, a oh, nice threw the food. <laughs> All
1: right. Son buried the bottle. This was not the right call.
0: No, I don't like it. I understand what she's trying to do. She's like, uh, what's the word? She's like, oh, we have to have hope. Like, I don't want to kill everybody's hope. But one, it makes me sad because, like, now she's just going to suffer alone. Right. And two, I feel like, Okay, now, like, she doesn't know this, but now that they're, they're in this hatch, like, with a computer, and no one's coming for them, and maybe Saeed could figure out a different way to get off this island using the technology that's in this hatch, if they knew, we have no other hope. You know what I mean? So, not the right call. Regardless of that, like, I just think people deserve to no. know.
1: Right. For one... If you were going to hide it from anybody, it would be Son, Because she's the only one emotionally invested in the raft because of her husband. Everybody wants to get off the island. But her knowing and nobody else knowing doesn't really make sense to me. She should at least have told, like, Jack.
0: Yeah, I agree. I don't even really understand the point of Claire and Shannon being like, we thought you should decide what to do. Like, I think they should have said, we wanted to tell you first. Right. Like, decide what to do. There, there should be no decision. Like, you have to go tell people.
1: At the arrow, Bernard approaches the rafties and asks if there is a woman at their camp named Rose. Sawyer is shocked that this is Bernard, and Michael tells him that, yes, she's okay. Bernard begins to break down and thanks them. Michael introduces himself, and Bernard does the same. And on our beach, Rose tucks an Apollo bar away to give to Bernard when they're finally reunited. Then she kisses his wedding ring and smiles. And that is how the episode ends.
0: That was so sweet. It
1: made me cry a little bit.
0: I know. I didn't cry because I don't cry, but I got choked up. I was like, aw.
1: It was just, it was so cute. I love like her, her hope. It was the line that she had with Charlie back in season one. It was like, oh, there's a fine line between denial and faith. It's more fun on my side.
0: Ah. The thing that's funny is, like, when they were all chowing down, I did think, like, what if these two, like, plane groups got together? And then, like, our plane group was like, oh, we had so much food, but we ate it all. Sorry.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Imagine if the tailies, you know, the five of them found the hatch food. It's like, oh, there's enough food for one person for three nuts. It's like, okay, well, we can make this last a while.
0: Yeah, I mean, a little bit. What do you think
1: lies ahead for the tailies now that they've welcomed the rafties in?
0: Um, I feel like we're going to get some more information on like what's happening to them. Like clearly i uh, like most of them have died or are gone. Like I, w- I would assume they're dead. So get some information. And then I, I mean, honestly, I just feel like they're going to say, Well, there's not very many of us. Why don't we just find our group? Because we have a doctor and like a giant established group. You know what I mean? So I think they're going to come together. That seems like the obvious answer.
1: Do you think Sun will regret her decision to bury the bottle?
0: I don't know if she'll regret it. I think she might question it. I would have opened it up and read everything.
1: And lastly, are you nervous for Sawyer in any way?
0: Yeah, he seems like that shoulder is not doing well. Maybe that's the reason that they'll join. I mean, not that I feel like they have that much respect for Sawyer. Not that he's deserved it. But if they're just like, okay, he's fucked and we have a doctor. Like, we got to get him there.
1: Well, I mean, I think something you're skipping over in reason to get, like, join the two groups is the fact that Bernard's wife is at the other group.
0: Oh, yeah, that too. I didn't even think about that. Also, Jin. (laughs) Oh, right, 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 right. Okay. I wasn't thinking about love. I was thinking about medical attention.
1: Right. <laughs> Closing thoughts on the episode, Lauren?
0: It was nice. A little bit of a little bit of funny. It was a light episode.
1: Classic filler, but it was still fun and it was a great character story. Speaking of which, every week a character gets a story.
0: Mm, I'm gonna go with Sun.
1: You're half right.
0: Sun Jin. Yep. Nice. I'm excited.
1: Next week is titled dot, dot, dot and found. So it's lost and found.
0: <laughs> I get it.
1: And if I remember correctly, it's actually a pretty solid episode.
0: Well, I hope that they're all solid episodes because we're doing they are. a podcast. Great. I'm we have so a Charlie excited. episode
1: coming up, which is considered to be one of the worst, if not the worst episode.
0: Great. I'm excited. Are we? We're done now?
1: Yep. <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay. Speaking of Charlie... Don't forget to go over to our TikTok. TikTok. <laughs> Speaking of Charlie, don't forget to go over to our TikTok and check out Zane's controversial opinion. I have not seen the video because I'm not allowed to watch most of our TikToks. But check out Zane's controversial opinion on Charlie and give us your thoughts. Are you pro or against? Is that it? Pro or. No. Nope. Are you for or against Charlie? We want to know. You can find our TikTok at laurengetslost.pod, our Instagram at laurengetslostpod, Twitter at laurengetslost, and on Facebook by searching Lauren Gets Lost Podcast. Slide into our DMs with any of your controversial opinions. You can support our podcast by giving us five stars, leaving us a review, and by donating through the link in the episode description. You can also tell your friends, tell your family, and tell your dogs. I'll tell my dog right now. Hello, Loki. You should listen to Lauren Gets Lost podcast every Tuesday. He's not going to listen. He doesn't watch the show and he doesn't support us. And join us next week for And Found. Thank
1: you for listening to Lauren Gets Lost. This podcast is hosted by and edited by Zane Kohler with co-host Lauren Kohler, produced by Kate Wister, and our music is done by David Kohler. And remember, they were not dead the whole time.